Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. We are precariously close to episode number 20, and that means 20 hours worth of awesome content that this show, aka me, has cranked out. And I'm going to go ahead and give myself a pat on the back. I'm happy that this is continuing, and I'm really enjoying the journey that we all are on and finding out about these awesome people that are doing awesome things for uh, independent culture. So there you go. Uh, This is episode number 19, and uh, let's dive into some business, and then I'll get into the guest. Uh, We are part of the Punk News Podcast Network, and you can go to punknews.org, and you can find news, reviews... Rumors, not so much on rumors, but anything that happens within this music world that is considered punk, metal, hardcore, indie rock, emo, whatever subgenre you'd like to classify, you will find it on Punk News. And they also have a bunch of other podcasts, so uh, check that out. Do us two favors. One, review us on iTunes. Even if you can't sit down for two to three minutes and like write down an actual review just click on those beautiful little stars that they have if you've ever looked at the itunes store um so yeah give us a rating because then it gives us cool something in the itunes store and i know the more rankings that we get the higher profile we get and eventually my goal one day is to be featured somewhere on some sort of iTunes page and be like, yo, this is a podcast you should check out. Uh, And we can do that with the help of you. And second thing I'd like you to do, visit our website, 100wordspodcast.com, because a lot of you have written me and said, hey, I really want some recommendations for new music or movies or books or whatever, just cool shit. So go there. I'll be doing it on an almost daily basis. I've been slacking this past week, but that's just because I've been coming back from vacation. Um, But I'll I'll get back on it for everybody. And then eventually my hope is to get other people to start to contribute, either previous guests or other podcasters or whatever. Um, But yeah, you can start to see that build from there. And if you're a Tumblr person, you can follow it on Tumblr, and then it just pipes right into it. Um, Anyways... 
episode number 19. Our guest is Adam Vass from Law Dispute. Uh, but before I get into him, I wanted to uh, talk about an experience I had this past weekend. I'm not a huge wrestling fan, at least as much as I used to be from about, I don't know, about nine years old till about, I don't say 13 or 14. That was when I was deep in the WWF universe. Notice I said WWF and not WWE, um, because that's what it was called back then. But I had the experience and privilege and honor to go to SummerSlam over the weekend at Staples Center in Los Angeles. And, um... I'm always impressed at these events because, I mean, it's unbelievable how much goes into it, Um, just from obviously like a logistics standpoint, but the production value, and there's just so much that goes on. And the idea that this actual event, SummerSlam, has been around for 25 years, it's its 25th year anniversary, and uh, I, I went with a few friends, and I was made a joking comment that this event is almost as old as me, which is insane. And I mean, obviously, there are many other sporting events that are, you know, ten times my age. But it's just crazy that something like wrestling has been able to live on through so many different iterations and change its face. Because I know, like late '80s, early '90s is when it started to get a little um, violent, risque, whatever you'd like to call it. And then uh, this company has been able to rebrand themselves. And now pretty much all you see at these events are you see like couples or you see families or you see groups of dudes. Um, But primarily speaking, you see a lot of families there. So it's like, you know, they're husband and wife with their two sons or daughters and it's just uh it it honestly is family entertainment because you know that you're not going to see anything questionable as far as too violent uh or scary um or something that's too provocative from the sort of sexy factor um but yeah, I'm just uh, thoroughly impressed with how that organization has been able to kind of go through everything and it it also strikes me like the sense of community that people feel around something like this as well. Like, cause you know, in punk and hardcore, we feel like we have this really, really cool community built around this music scene. Um, and then it doesn't exist anywhere else. And while comparing the WWE to a hardcore show is obviously apples and oranges. Um, there are still some parallels to be drawn and people are so, obviously die hard about these wrestlers and the stories that are built around them and um, this universe as it is. And so, you know, it is in and of itself, even though it is a very mainstream piece of culture, it still is, you know, kind of counterculture in a way because people look at wrestling and are just like, oh, well, that's, you know, it's fake and stupid and whatever. But I challenge anybody that has any sort of misgivings about wrestling to go to an actual live event and not walk away being like, hey, that was pretty entertaining. Because even if you have no interest in what interest in it whatsoever, you can watch it and be like, that was that was fun. That was enjoyable. They do a good job of uh, essentially just making a show out of it. So, moral of the story is go out and watch some sort of event if you ever get a chance to from a live perspective. Even if you have terrible seats, it's still pretty funny um, and cool to kind of watch the people around you just be so absolutely into it. Um, And then you kind of get wrapped up in it as well. In any event, Adam Vass is the bass player for La Dispute. And uh, I haven't known Adam for a very long time. This is actually the our conversation is the first time we've ever really hung out. I introduced myself to him, I, I don't know, I want to say a tour or two ago when they came through Southern California, because uh, him and I were, I just had a ton of mutual friends, and I was like, I feel like I need to know you. It's just one of those guys, you're like, oh yeah, they keep popping up all over the place with, you know, your own friends or professionally speaking, whatever. Um, so he seemed like a legit dude. And uh, after this conversation, I was just pleasantly surprised because even though he's, um, you know, not, I wouldn't say much younger than me, but younger than me. And I kind of have a tendency to think that um, people that are, you know, maybe late teens, early 20s, uh, don't have their head on their shoulders, so to speak, yet. Because uh, I know myself, like, I, I definitely didn't, even though I thought I did. Um, but 
Adam definitely has a very, or should I say vast, that's actually how he likes to be uh, labeled, so to speak. So vast definitely has a head on his shoulders and really has a very specific voice, not only in what he does artistically with a uh, lot of dispute, but on his own endeavors as well. Um, so yeah, I was really excited to sit down with him and, uh, I met him up in L.A. when he was uh, staying here for a few days uh, at our good friend Nick Steinhardt's apartment. Shout out to, to Nick for letting us record during the workday while he was busy making layouts for people. Um, but in any event, this is what happened, and uh, you'll join the conversation somewhere. I can't remember what we were talking about, but yeah, you'll you'll pick it up. So enjoy. <laughs> started coming to Traverse City, which is like an hour and a half, two hours north of Grand Rapids, which okay. is where I was living. Sure. And I would always be like, they would get announced, and like, that's so sick, like have heart and verse and all. Right. And all these never, bands I want to see. We were always gone. Sure. My friends would always go and be like, it was so red. And then- You're like, thanks never, for rubbing in. I never saw them. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Well, at least you have the uh, the Bridge Nine DVD, so maybe one. I have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pre-ordered that when it got announced, and like, yeah, I got to make up for all the times I missed them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, usually I like to think, I like to start things off with like my own first experience with like either you or the band or anything like that. I just remember hearing, cause I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was Joey that first showed me Lottest View. And uh, he was, I, th- I can't remember. I think he saw you guys. Uh, one of the first times you came through here. Yeah, like, the first time we played in California, we played like four shows down here. Right. One of the shows, I, when I met Joey, was at The Spread. Okay. And, and this show now is really funny, but uh, it was us and uh-huh. Deadhead and Rotting Out. Oh, okay. At The Spread. Okay. And to think of it now is really funny, but back then, I mean, we just put out our first record. And so you're like, yeah, and, we'll play with anybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember him showing me they're showing you guys to me um and it, i mean, initially didn't get it i was just basically like i was like oh i mean this was the first record on no sleep that right. wasn't vancouver um, I, I don't even think about that one yeah, yeah i call that the demo which is not true <laughs> that but that i mean that that, that i think it's a it fair way the, it served the purpose of a demo sure and the, it got you guys out on tour and and me and chad weren't even in the band so i like kind of forget about it sometimes because <laughs> like, i just wasn't there right right <laughs> you're like yeah i wasn't on that so kind of, kind of just doesn't <laughs> exist you know um, but yeah, I remember, I remember listening to it and was like, uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I see it was cool to hear something different. Um, but it, it just didn't, I listened to it and I was like, okay, it just didn't resonate with me. Right. Um, but then, uh, it was shortly after, um, or actually it was maybe three or four months prior to wildlife coming out. And by that time I had seen you guys once or twice. So it started to kind of like crystallize more in my mind where I was like, okay, I see where they're coming from. I see the context. I mm-hmm. see like, you know, cause it just puts the pieces together. Right? Yeah. just like. Who the fuck are these random dudes? <laughs> like, it kind of sound like a heavier version of me without you, and like, just you know, whatever. <clears throat> and so then, once I heard Wildlife, I was like, it kind of all came together. And then once the, once I started to see how much you guys resonated with people in general, where it's like kids didn't just, <coughs> excuse me, kids just didn't connect to you as like a random band. Kids weren't, kids were really, really passionate about what you did. Yeah. And that's what it kind of all was like. Ah, like, and that, it just, it, it kind of opened up the floodgates for me to be like, I really right. enjoy this band. And like wildlife, like I said, musically, it definitely kind of like hammered it home for me. Um, and so it kind of, you know, kind of going off that, what is it that, I mean, obviously it's, I'm sure it's difficult for you to kind of put your finger on it, but it's like, because I, I think you guys are not a gray area band where it's like people either love you or they fucking hate you. Absolutely. And I always liked that about bands because I think that those are the bands that it doesn't matter how popular you are, that you'll still resonate with people, you know, 10 years down the line. Um, and so like kind of, are you glad to be in that position? <laughs> um, I think so. I like that, um, you know, like you said, the people that like it are really invested in it. Right. And that's really gratifying playing live or just like getting feedback when the record comes out or whatever. Right you get a more, um, more like deep response from it. Sure. It's not like, Hey, your record was cool. Right. It's like your record yeah. 
did this to me. Like sure. it affects people, and that's powerful. And then I don't. I mean, I used to get be that guy. I'm sure that everyone was at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Your band puts out a record, and you see people on the internet say whatever about it. Yeah. And, oh, that guy. That guy sucks. He's such a dick. He said this about the word. And uh, now I just don't care because I realize that I think that of other bands. Right. It's a. There's no like objective taste. Like everybody mm-hmm. has what they like and they don't like. So I can't really fault someone. For right. You can't be like that guy's a dick because he doesn't like my band. And you're like you like look at his profile and be like, what other bands does he like? Yeah. Why doesn't he like my band? <laughs> <laughs> you're and like, like, I need to do some investigation. And generally, there are people that don't like. like Listen to music that we wouldn't say is comparable to us. Right, right, right. So it's too it's, far outside of what you guys would view as like influences or whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I like that, and that ultimately it's like why I really enjoy what you guys do is because you there's so many bands that don't elicit a reaction, you know. Where it's just like, and and there's nothing wrong with that because it's like there are bands that you know are really meaningful to each individual person for different reasons, right. but it's like. I get soaked anytime I see the amount of hate that comes out for a band. <laughs> like, just because it does mean it's like, all right, you're hitting a nerve. Like, you are meaning something. Be you're meaning something to people beyond just, hey, we're releasing some records and we are this band. You know. And there are definitely bands like that that I like. Yeah. Like, I just think it's fun mm-hmm. or whatever, and it doesn't mean to elicit a response from me beyond just like you know, nodding my head while I do something else. Of course, of course. But I definitely think it feels better to have a result that makes someone think something. Yeah. Feel something, whatever. Right. Whatever right. reaction they have from yeah, yeah, yeah. It's far more gratifying from the creator's perspective. Totally. But I wouldn't mind, you know, a couple power chords here and there. Either. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You're like, yeah, we could, we could make it simpler, more accessible. Whatever. <laughs> um, so like where, uh, where were you born and raised? I mean, most of, most of the band obviously says that Grand Rapids, right? That's right. kind of the inception point of the band. Yeah. So were you born and raised there? No. Um, I was born and raised in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is like oh, yeah. northwest. It's about an hour east of Chicago. Sure. And I lived there until I was uh, 19 or 18. Oh, okay. And when I was a like, teenager, I was in other bands, shitty bands that I don't tell people about. I, I tell people... I was in one awesome band before Lot of Speed. Okay, I, I, I will. Ha- I will have to ref- I will have to ask you what the name of your very first band is. Just not even so much that people can look it up oh, online. No, but... off the record, I'll tell you, <laughs> <laughs> dude. And Jamie from Code Orange Kids did the same thing. He was like, "Yo, I'm not going to tell you because I'm not going to tell you my band name." But I just it's a it's a funny common theme. Where well, it's I know like, it exists on the internet in some way because there you go. I'm only 24 and I know when the internet like yeah, yeah. popular. It's probably like pure volume page or something. Right, right. It probably still exists. So, okay, we, 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 we can talk about that. My, the my good band okay. was called Lion of the North. Okay. And it was just like punk-ish, screamo-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our songs were like less than two minutes. And we, okay. did, we did a tour. The only they, they continued to be a band for a short while after I dropped out. But mm-hmm. uh, the tour that I did, we had a 12-minute set. And it was every song we had. <laughs> and, and we just tr- played as fast as we could. And sure, sure. I loved it. That's awesome. But, um, That's fun. So being in, in bands like that in Indiana, which is not... It's um, it's really interesting because we had maybe 20 of us that in different pairings would be different bands. And mm-hmm. it was very incestuous in right. that way. Small community, I'm exactly. sure. Exactly, small town. And the you know the group of counterculture people in a small town is even smaller right a, so we all got along really well made all these bands did whatever just goofed off but right. when other bands would come around they'd have to come to one of us and we all knew each other so we'd, we one of us would always play you know right 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 and all of our friends would go and that you know it was no one really cared it was just a fun thing to do sure sure and uh so that was how i ended up being lot of speed god was a functional band at that time because they had other members. Got it. And did, did, so they, did, did you just know them from coming through your city? Or like? We played in Michigan. Got it. And then started like swapping shows. Right, stuff. right. Communicating with them. And and then it's only um, 140 miles from Valpo to mm-hmm. Grand Rapids. So I would like, and I was in college at the time, but I would leave class on Thursday afternoon and drive up and just hang out for Friday, Saturday and come back on Sunday. Sure. Because it's not that far yeah yeah 
for the for a Midwest kid, that's close. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like two hours or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So we would just hang out on the weekends. Ended up getting close, and my band started to dissolve at the same time that uh, they kind of knew that there was like some conflict in their band mm-hmm. that was going to result in some a, members a member change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Brad and I were kind of like scheming. Okay. But like I'm like, I'm in a, our band's gonna break up. I don't really have anything else to right. do here. I was I went to college, but Throw, throwing some hints there, <laughs> just because that's what you do after high school. Of course, right, right. I had no goals or anything, and he's like, "Why don't you just come up here for a while?" And mm-hmm. when this guy quits the band, like, we'll have you there. And I'll just, you know, yeah, sw- you'll just like, swoop in. Yo, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And everybody knew already knew, yeah, but yeah. Um, not in that like. Sure, we just hung out. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Me and Chad sat next to each other in sociology class, and he didn't know that I was joining the band for a whole whole semester. We sat next to each other. We did like we would team up on projects and stuff. Sure, sure. I knew, and he didn't know. (laughs) That's incredible. You're like, I know a secret about your band. I'm probably probably gonna be joining it pretty soon. (laughs) That's incredible. So, but most most of your formative years were in were in Valpo and large colleges there, right? Um, We have. Valparaiso University. Right, right, right. I, I just, in, I'm a fan of college basketball, so that's okay. anytime I hear Yeah, it. when I was in fourth grade, Bryce Drew hit the buzzer yes. beater and they went to the Sweet 16. Exactly. Uh, and that was like our claim to fame. Sure, sure. And home of Oral Redenbacher. Oh, okay. <laughs> home of the popcorn Or the popcorn every, every year. Okay. Um, so do, do you have, uh, do you have fond memories looking back? I mean, I, could, I guess, well, I'll, I'll back up even further. So when was, um, like, your family structure, like, you know, parents like what they do for a living and kind of how were you were you raised like you know did you go through divorce or anything like that no my parents are still together nice um my mom's a first grade teacher okay and she's on her her last year now she's retiring soon oh nice and my dad when i was young he like sold carpet which i barely remember Sure, sure and then um his dad was a landlord of some apartment buildings downtown Oh, okay and then with with my dad's brother. Mm-hmm. Then my dad and his brother took over their yeah the business. property management and stuff like yeah. that. Nice. And for he still does that mostly. Okay. So it's very like small town, normal people, Midwest. Yeah. Like everything. I have a younger sister who's only two years younger than me. So okay. She was like not a cheerleader, but one of like one of the other things that they would perform at the football games and stuff. Oh, okay. It was a little bit. More well respected than cheerleading. Right, right, right. And the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Hi, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Uh, there there took, a, uh, I guess, a little more artistic effort than yeah. performing these, you know, very simple routines. Just wearing a skirt. Right, right. popular. <laughs> so I was just, like, very normal. Sure. But I wasn't cool. She was cool. Got it. <laughs> so I was, like, small town nerd, the public school and right, right. all that. So in high school, like, what were you... Uh, when did independent music kind of come into your view and kind of like, what was your high school experience? Were you kind of like the sort of fantasy nerd, the art guy? Like what sort of um, role did you feel you felt or you filled? I was definitely art guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I think I still am. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you kind of fill that role still. <laughs> uh, just like two, two art classes every semester for all of high school. Mm. Like, so a lot. And then going into the, advanced art program which was basically you just make art and no one teaches you anymore right yeah it's <laughs> like hey just paint a picture it's due in two weeks so i'm like oh, all right you know, I, I can do that you get to do a gallery thing at the end oh wow so, and uh but it was just like all high school kids and just your friends came that's and cool it was cool yeah it sounds like a fun experience and uh but i was definitely like outsider drawer guy <laughs> sure sure you're the guy sitting under the tree kind of uh <laughs> doodling your your own sit, stuff where it's sit like, at the end of someone else's lunch table during uh, lunch yeah. and just like draw then uh like getting a piece of pizza thrown at him or something like sure. quiet resentment that no one ever saw <laughs> that's incredible but that when did uh when did art come into your life because obviously art is still a huge part of like who you are and what a lot sure. of people identify you with um i've i've drawn forever like i mean wasn't formal by any means you right, know, when you're a kid course. you have crayons and you, mm-hmm. your parents take you to church but you're not you don't care about whatever's going on over there yeah, you yeah. just have a box of crayons and you're drawing monsters in the back pew or whatever which yeah, is yeah. in hindsight like probably one subject that's looked down upon by mm-hmm. the church sure draw weird monsters like eating people <laughs> and stuff <laughs> you're like that's what i'm into i'm sorry well, <laughs> cool man yeah they are awesome and so just from that it just like never stopped Got and it. it just got better as I got older because sure. I understood more about there's more than grants or whatever. <laughs> right, right. You, so you understood the technique once it came into your, your, yeah. your vision. In like sixth and seventh grade, there was this public access drawing show and I would come home from school and start at three o'clock. So I'd always have to like kind of hurry. Yeah, yeah. And just draw goofy cartoons with the guy on TV. That's incredible. Because yeah. that, that, it's, it's funny. People like, I mean, those programs still exist. Like there's yeah. definitely like... It, in Southern California and like, I mean, I live in Orange County, like an hour South here of LA. Um, there's totally still one of those shows on. And it's funny because you look at that and there's no way that I would ever imagine like a kid like yourself, like yeah. rushing home to get to like be it's able to so draw. cheesy. Yeah. But, but that's cool. Yeah. I was in sixth grade. That's awesome. And, and this is when going back to the original question, I started to like listen to music uh-huh. and you know, besides what my parents listened to. Sure. Uh, but it, granted, it was still like radio stuff. Of course. Uh, I remember that this wild show that I, I tell people about now, and everyone's like, that doesn't make any sense. It was like a radio Christmas show okay. in Chicago. Okay. And it was a Dashboard Confessional, mm. AFI, um, 311, Corn, and Jane's Addiction. Oh, that's incredible. In, that's in a, that sequence. Total radio show. That's, yeah. I, I, love <laughs> that. I love that they do that, where it's just like, yeah, let's none put of, these random None of bands. these bands make sense. None, no. And and I was the kid with an emo sucks bat, patch on my backpack with the glasses that I then wore for four years, like, broken on the patch. Incredible. And so Dashboard's playing, I'm like, this sucks. But, <laughs> but then I got into AFI from that. From that show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, going from listening to the radio, then, oh, this weird, like, it yeah. was right when Sing the Sorrow came out. It's like, okay. kind of 
gothy mm-hmm. but still pretty punk band, and I sure. was like, down. Yeah, you're like this is this is what I identify with. Yeah, that's cool. And it was really cool. And then you know, 311 played, and I'm like, why does it smell like a skunk in here? <laughs> you're like, this is such a weird experience. I think that was my first introduction to any kind of drug. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. 311 introduced me to weed. It had to be. <laughs> well, I mean, that, there, that is that is a very appropriate thing to be exposed yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's cool. That, that that's cool that AFI was kind of like you would kind of view that as sort of like. The gateway into you investigating other stuff. Yeah, because Seeing the Sorrow was a, a pretty big record commercially. Yep. But then from getting that, you get like Days of the Phoenix to go further back. Yep. And then you're like just into pure punk yep. and things that I never knew existed before. Sure. But it was awesome. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then from there, I got into like similarly uh, dark but not dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Alkaline Trio and stuff. Sure, sure. Like my best friend in eighth grade was a, like a huge Alkaline Trio fan. Got it. And I kind of didn't really understand anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is cool. Why Why are there like people, why is everyone wearing black and makeup and stuff sure. when the songs sound like this? Yeah, yeah. But even now I'm still there. And you're, I, you're like trying to put it in context and like, And yeah. they like to sing about drinking and stuff and I'm like, drinking is lame. Yeah. <laughs> About, you know, right. 12. <laughs> of course, drinking is lame. Because <laughs> that's what they tell you in school. Right, of course. They're <laughs> so like, yeah, why, why would you sing about drinking? That's a terrible <laughs> idea. That's, that's awful. Uh, um, so then as you were, um, yeah, like, so basically during high school, you that's when you kind of started to figure out you wanted to play an instrument, or kind of how did that? Um, that, I was like... I was like 12 or 13 again, mm-hmm. and I started to go to like local shows. Got it. Same same friend, her name is Jen, mm-hmm. who got me into Alkaline Trio. She was, she was into ska. Oh, nice. Of course. As, as you will be at 12 years old. Of course. As everyone will be Comple- at 12 forever. Com- yes. Com- completely allowed. <laughs> and yes. for whatever, there was like a, a band at our high school that was a ska band. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember. They were called the Dirty Skanks. Oh, of course. And they our, need to have a ska made name. them change their name. But I can't remember what they changed it to. <laughs> That's incredible. And um, I would end up seeing them in like this loft above a restaurant downtown. Uh-huh. And then, but they were the only ska band, so they would end up playing with everybody. Ed, the, yeah. hair, the hair scene bands and whatever that genre it was. Then, like bands that all sounded like from Autumn to Ashes, but oh, was sure. still so down. Yeah, of course, of course. And. Uh, this kid Aaron, who sat next to me in math, I would I would let him cheat off my math homework, and then he would get me into all these shows. Oh, and nice! That was like that, that was my that was my true in, into like the music that wasn't commercial. Right, like, it happened in my town. Mm-hmm. I, it's been there all these years, and I just didn't know because I was a little kid. Sure, and and now this guy who was like, oh sure, I'll, I'm smart at math. Here's my answers if you can like. Yeah. Teach hook, me hook, what this is. Right. Hook, hook me up with getting into a show or whatever. Yeah. That's and cool. He, he taught me what straight edge was, and then two years later, he wasn't, but I still, still thought it was really cool. And, right, right. Uh, I mean, you're 14. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, like straight, no, straight edge describes me. Yeah, I don't do any of those things because I'm a 14-year-old. <laughs> right, right. So. I don't have access to this. <laughs> That's cool. So that that was that was your basic introduction to that, and then what what made you? I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. Like, and uh, in a way that's not like basketball players at school are mm-hmm. cool, and it's a, it's different. But you, it's like a creative mm-hmm. thing, and you know, all these things combined right. to be something that was cool by being not cool, and it was some weird cycle of right. logic there. I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Right, I can, I, think, I can get into this. I think I understand that. Mm-hmm. But most of my friends that played did only were like in school band. They want, you know, right. ska band in the making. <laughs> sure, sure. But I wanted to play bass because from them being like, hey, listen to Mad Caddies, listen to Lesson Jake, like all these ska right. bands. Like, the bass is really like the cool part of ska band. And, I'm not, and I can't play horns. Right. So I can play guitar, who they just play the same chord in upstrokes, or I can play bass and be that freaky guy who's like, no one really, he's not the shining star of the band, but he's definitely what makes ska interesting. Sure. It can make or break it. Okay, I'll do that. Interesting. That's what I, because I've never, yeah, usually people are just like, oh, I, I know how to play guitar. Or it's like, yeah. they're introduced to an instrument, and they're like, oh, I'm going to choose bass because that's the easiest. I was purely a bass player from the 
beginning, not, not a guitar player that was then a bass player. Sure, sure. And that's where I'm now. Yeah, you're, you're a pure bass player. Yeah. <laughs> now I try and play guitar, I don't get it. I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, there's too many strings. Yeah, there's too, too little. It hurts let's eliminate fingers. two of these things and now we're talking. Um, and the thing that I find uh, interesting, especially about your art, um, you know, being being younger, being you know less younger than twenty five years old, um, you have a very defined voice for kind of who you are and what you do, uh, artistically speaking. You know, um, and I think that's uh, I think that's pretty interesting because usually it takes like I reflect upon myself where it's like you know I was I, I did feel comfortable with what I was doing when I was that age. I mean, I'm, I'm thirty one now and. The, I'm definitely more comfortable than I was when I was 24, yeah. 25, but, you know, kind of just seeing, uh, like you're confident and that's like, and that's, I don't know whether or not you don't, maybe you do feel confident just in that aspect of your life or like, I don't know, like what. Gen- generally I'm confident, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but I think that was just kind of a mental thing because, mm-hmm. um, for even in high school, like later in high school, 18 or 19, I was still making stuff. Right. But in a weird way that I just made it because it looked cool and there was it was kind of empty. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't say that everything I do now has some intrinsic value or deep meaning, but right. it's more uh, on my mind mm-hmm. while I'm it's like it's like a time cap, yeah, sure. Um, but you know, back then it, I was just I didn't know why I was making it mm-hmm. anything, music or drawings or whatever. And then in the last however many years, kind of just figured out, well, I don't, know. I don't think you ever really figured out. No, yeah, yeah. It's, have, it's constantly <laughs> evolving, but yeah. I have at least an ex- uh, idea or excuse. Right. Just roll with it and just tell myself that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I am because I say so. Sure. And Well, yeah, you're the only one that dictates that mental right. state. Yeah, that's true. Because if, I mean, even two, three years ago, I would paint all the time but I'd be like nobody wants these like I'm, these are going to sit in my drawer forever and right. whatever I think almost telling myself that they have worth or that like things that I make are worth my time and stuff sure. makes them then worth my time yeah 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 kind of like, like a, a placebo right right <laughs> but, like, a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah exactly like, this is exactly I know it's worth something because I think yeah. Therefore, other people should think it's worse. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that's definitely, yeah, I think that, like you were saying, that's, that's confident. Because there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Like, sure. clearly, I mean, I personally don't see any arrogance in your work. Thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, because, yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely a very fine line between those two. But it's like, yeah, that definitely, you can be confident without sounding like a dick, you know? Like, right. <laughs> you could be, I mean, once you cross over to arrogance, like, that's obviously when you're a dick. But, <laughs> um, the obviously things, uh, especially now with like La Dispute and obviously how well the band is doing in general. Um, what <clears throat> I always I always like to ask people the moment where they kind of like a switch flipped in their head where it was like it was either something that you guys did, whether it was a tour you got on or whether it was like a show or whatever. There's those like intangible moments where it's like, oh shit, like something's really like happening, whether or not it means like oh my God, I'm making so much money now, or whatever, yeah. you know, like, it doesn't have to be attached to that, even though that is an easy thing where it's like, oh, wow, I can come home from tour and not have a job instantaneously. Yeah. Um, what What was the moment for you that you kind of noticed where it's just like, oh, wow, like, wow, people are really paying attention to what we're doing or, you know, um, caring. We put out somewhere, which is, like I say, what I call our first record. Right. At the end of 2008. Mm-hmm. And then we had toured a little bit before that, but basements and stuff and then even after that mm-hmm. we were doing basements and it was like in the midwest we would do fine because it's the midwest and you either have nothing to do and just want to go outside of your house right or uh you were familiar because of the weird like network that was our area sure and then once we start to get out further people you know i remember when we met chris mm-hmm. hansen yeah uh we played at what i think is a restaurant in california and uh-huh. He was there with, uh, I think his friend Garrett. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, this girl, Lauren, who was my old roommate's ex-girlfriend. Came, okay. And we played for the three people. <laughs> You're like, and that was the audience. <laughs> and so we are like, used to that. And then 
maybe a couple months, like two or three months after that tour. Right. Um, we got an email from Jeff Rickley from Thursday, mm -hmm. who's like, "Hey, I got your record, and I really like it, and we want to. We're doing this tour with our new record, and we want you guys to do it." And we're like, "What? Like, yeah, like what? Jaw dropped." Totally. We were, and we just, I remember recently having talked about it because uh, uh, at the time, for going, for whatever reason, we were all into this phase of listening to Circle Takes a Square all the time. Oh, sure. Which um, I've liked since I've heard them, but mm -hmm. that was, for whatever reason, very, we were deep in it. Everybody we, was obsessed with it. Yeah, we listened yeah. to it. As all the roots undo 24 yeah, 7. Yeah, yes, yeah. of course. And we were like, is it so weird that Circle Takes a Square did that tour with Thursday? And we're like, <laughs> That's, that's cool. I, I love Thursday was um, one of the pivotal bands of the transition point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's weird, but awesome because Thursday's on TV, right? And Circle Takes a Square is not, <laughs> right? You know, and probably won't ever be. But you know, they're incredible in a different way, of course. And um, so we were talking about that on tour, just in the van, like, wouldn't it be funny if we got asked, like, what, a what would we do? Right. <laughs> and we're like, that'll never happen. Right. And then it did happen. That's crazy. And all of us were like, that is really right. strange. How did it even get our record in the right, first place? Right. And, and we were all, like, pretty stunned by that. That was definitely the moment where uh, we were like, something that we did worked. <laughs> right, right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And I, that, that's actually a better way of phrasing it, like, because I, it's a, it, it is always difficult to vocalize, like, kind of, you know, that moment where you realize, like, oh, wow, something is happening. But yeah, like, the moment where it's like, something we did work yeah. <laughs> where it wasn't like it wasn't us just dicking around having fun with our friends which ultimately is what a band is yeah but then like it it affected someone else outside of our camp who like yeah, like you said how'd you even find a record i it used to be we were in college and on the weekend friday and saturday night we would try to play somewhere within like you know three or four hours right and right. then you'd go home and go back to school on monday right right and then we got we did that, and we're like, oh, this is what fans actually, like, yeah. fans that have some degree of notoriety or success or whatever, right. do this. They don't go to college and play all of <laughs> Yeah, games. they do this whole band thing. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, it's cool. It, it, it always is refreshing to hear that sort of um, mental focus on your guys' end where it was like, you know, it, it was a band. It wasn't a business plan. Like, right. You know, like, oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, a lot of student LLC will be, you know, forged on this day in 2008. You're just like, this. it just happened organically. That did exist, though, because the bass player before me was studying law. Right. And he thought it would be cool, and he, like, wanted to write it all. Up. Right. So he, like, he, yeah, that was, like, a project. When I joined yeah. the band, I signed a, I, like, bought his share. Or really? It was, like, $20 or something. That's like, impressive, I'll buy, I'll buy a lunch. 
Sure. And, and then I'm in the band. And then under the band. Yeah. We, I mean, and, and yeah, not no slight to the band for having that because definitely that's a whole different ball game of yeah. focus. But yeah, like the idea where it's like you guys weren't sitting in, you know, a proverbial practice space and be like, all right, this is how we're going to look. Right. <laughs> that's what I mean by a business plan. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And the, what, what was the, uh, well, what were you studying in college? What was your... Nothing, really. Yeah, you were just kind of... <laughs> I took a ton of gen eds. Sure. And um, I was, like, kind of a brainiac. Okay. The first semester, or, I was, went to school in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I went to an extension campus of Purdue. Okay. And I was there for one year mm-hmm. while I still lived in Indiana. And I studied, like, business or something really uh, something open Something super general, right, right. And, you know, I took calculus, I took physics, all this stuff I took in high school that... I'm good with numbers and bad with words. And I can, I just took them in college and, and like I was the kid that set the curve and all these other kids like, oh, like, like yeah. let me like take it, take it down a notch so we can all get a little bit better. And, like, uh, stop excelling. Like I took these classes already. It's not like I'm a, right. I just remember. I'm like a genius. <laughs> you should, you should have paid attention to last semester. <laughs> That's so, funny. Then I transferred to go, I went to Grand Valley State, which mm-hmm. is in Michigan. As kind of a guys, because like I said, me and Brad were already planning on me being in the band. Right. And uh, I went, so my parents were like, sure, you can go here. Go. Oh, nice. Dude, that is an amazing strategy. Like, I'm going to go up here. I'm going to go to school, school here. This school is really nice. <laughs> it's just, I did a campus visit. It's just like every state school. So it's nothing too special. Right, right. And I just took a bunch of philosophy, which was kind of cool, but it was um, just there. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that, it just filled time for you. Like you were, you were going to the exercise because obviously the idea, you know, which is actually going to be my next question of like how the conversation went. Cause everybody comes to that point where the band, your band starts to do something. And how do you have that conversation with your parents? Like yeah, I, okay. I'm going to be going, I'm not going to be not going to school and I'm going to be doing this whole band thing. Like, was that, was that really tough for you? My, my first semester at Grand Valley was the one where me and Chad were in sociology. Together. Okay. And I wasn't in the band until the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just biding my time. Right. But I was getting, like, A's because I had nothing else to do. It was right. the first time in however many years I haven't been in a band. Sure. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really smart if I try it. And, <laughs> like, if I apply myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was just nailing it. And then we, I joined the band in probably November. Okay. And finished that semester. We went on, like, a two-week tour that was just Midwest. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was during my Christmas break from okay. school and really short. I came back on a Sunday night and had class the next day in the right. morning. I, lo- I love those. Yeah. <laughs> just like, God, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. That's fun. We all came back from that tour and we went, that was awesome. Right. Even if we're playing at house parties mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you have, Christmas time and New Year's and all that. So sure. all of those shows were just like goofing off. Anyway. Of course. But it was really fun and we all had a really good time. We were all a lot younger, obviously, and kind yeah. of a little more reckless. Sure. And uh, came home, start, went to school, had band practice like the next weekend. And we were like, yep, school sucks. Like, uh, remember that tour we were on like a week ago? That was what was That's really what we wanted to do. Awesome. Right. And so, yeah, we're like, that's what we want to do. A month later, it and it was like a week or two after my mom's birthday. I should have thought I should have timed this better. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, retrospectively, I, I yeah, had yeah. to tell her instead of like waiting it out. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I knew that my dad wouldn't really have. I mean, he cared, but not like my mom would. You know, right, right. So I I call her and tell her like, hey, uh, after this semester, we're not coming back in the in the fall. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm yeah. Like, well, we just did that tour and it worked really well. And so I think we're going to try that again, but bigger scale. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go to California, Mom. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, like, my whole life we never traveled. We would go to Chicago because it's right there. Right, right, and, right. But I've never gone to the coasts. I never left the country. Sure. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go all over the place in this shitty van with people that you kind of – you met that one time. You remember they stayed in the basement? And, right. You, know. you were those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it was a really convincing argument. And <laughs> – and she was just like, uh, at the time they were like paying for my rent and sure. my groceries and stuff as a clause <clears throat> that I did well in school. Of course. They're like, all right, I'm not going to school. And she's like, all right, you're getting any money. You, you're, you're cut like, off. Tough yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which 
it worked out. It, I'm glad that they did that. And right. I wasn't like, they didn't hold my hand through the whole process. There was a lot of shit that we had to do that helped us in the long run. Of yeah. course. Like, it was tough for the moment, but then you were able to learn and adapt from it. Exactly. Right. And so, then that semester, I was, I was pure shit in school, too. Yeah. I was like, man, dude, it was awesome. Spacing out, I would skip class all the time. Right. Um, we were, um, I would, I had physics af- at the end of my day. After, like, an hour break, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for an hour and then go to a class I already took. So I just go home. <laughs> like, peace. And yeah. that was when we were recording somewhere. Okay. And so I would just go from school straight to this guy's house where we recorded the record. And uh-huh. every night, just chill there. Of course. Let's do this record. We didn't know what we were doing. It mm-hmm. was just, we have songs that exist, and here they are. Right, right. And um, so I knew, I was definitely, as soon as Christmas break was over, that switch was already gone in my head that school sucks. I mean, school always sucks, but right. yeah, yeah. I don't care anymore. I'm right, not, like, I'm not, this. yeah, this isn't something that I need to slog through, like. I got a D in a class, I got, I failed my first class ever. Wow. Like, in high school, I never got anything below a B, because I thought, this is going to affect my whole life. Of course, you know? like, everything will just spiral out of control from here. Yeah. yeah. Right. I failed one of my favorite classes, just because it was at nine or eight, eight or nine in the morning. I didn't want to go. <laughs> right. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just not showing up to this. Yeah. yeah. And so. How long did it take for your mom to kind of like, w- was it that one conversation? Things were cut off and then she kind of like. She just thought I was being unrealistic. Got it. And that over the course of summer, I would realize like, hey, I'm broke and this sucks. And sure. I'm eating beans and rice and yeah, uh, I want to go back to school and have a job. Right. Like, I don't ever want to have a job. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and it's worked out that I haven't had to. Yeah. But um, does she, does it she was still... just so different for them that they didn't really know oh, what to course. do with it. Right. And my sister, who wanted to go to college for four years and graduate and have a career, mm-hmm. as you do, as most people do. Right. I'm like, man, I'm a teenager. I don't know what the hell I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should be expected of teenagers. Sure. Does your does your mom like do they? Un, I mean, I, I know like you were saying, your dad obviously totally thinks it's well, amazing. When and, I when I had the conversation with him, mm-hmm. he's like, "Well, you know, I can't pay for your rent or anything anymore." I'm like, "Yeah, it's part of the deal." He's like, "Well, your sister's going. She's two years younger, so this is like I quit when she was going to start." Okay. Was, your sister's going to college this fall. It's going to cost twice what it cost you to go. I guess it's all right. <laughs> and I'm like, like, yeah, I, mean, I guess this balances out. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Like, it's like, thank you, Adam. I, I appreciate see, I see that. the logic here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saving you thousands of money or thousands of dollars, man. Like, to be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I'm giving you a gift, essentially. <laughs> so, do they? So, do they like where you're at now? Do they kind of do they understand it now and kind of accept definitely. it? Yeah, they're super proud, and it's been awesome. That's because, great. like, then they thought I was a fuck up, right? And and they didn't realize, like, that I would... They, they have that image of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Of course. And That's what it's rock. like to be in a band, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, all of, everyone in our band is a nerd, and I'm straight edge, and here's what straight edge is. I remember showing my dad the Champion Last Show DVD. Oh, and incredible. And telling him what straight edge was from yeah. that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and then they started to, like, trust me a little bit more. Right. And... Um, they actually came out to the show that we played with Thursday when it came to Chicago. Oh, okay. And that was the first time they'd seen us not in a basement or right, whatever. Right. And there was probably, I don't know, four or 500 people there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we were first of four. Sure. But there were people there that knew us because of Chicago. Right. And people singing along and stuff. And it was, like, pretty powerful. My mom cried. Really? I was like, this is, no, this is not a... Uh, Tight, but this is tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand. You're like, this like, is this is like you you were proud that they could look at something you were doing and be like, about that. Yeah, here's a result yeah. of my weird last three years. Right. Because it's not like you were like, fuck you, mom and dad. Like, I'm doing my own shit. I hate you. You were just like, I'm, I'm doing my own shit. I still love you. <laughs> yeah. But I got to do this. And there's no report card for being in a band. So yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> That's true. I can't. I can't show you something on paper like every six months. You just have to take my word that like things are going cool. Like, yeah. And so that show kind of like turned it around for that. And I mean, my dad always thought it was cool. I'm, you know, playing in a rock band or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But my mom was like, you're going to be bummed when you don't have a career and you're 25. Right, right, and right. As a worrisome mother would. 
Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that's, that's an important point. You definitely, it's like if your mom like, oh, that's fine. Like, no questions. You'd be like, really? You don't have There's nothing? <laughs> Do you even care? <laughs> that would be a good follow-up question. Um, so that, then from there, you know, they saw, we did that tour with Alexis on Fire and Trash Shop. Right. And they saw us and were like, that was even bigger. And they've watched our band grow. Right. They, we've just played at the Metro on that tour with Balance a couple months ago. Sure. And it was like 800 so many people, and we headlined. Right. And my parents said, you know, I get it. Like, people. They felt it. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. It's very gratifying because if I, if I was proud of myself, but my parents still thought I was a fuck up and I'm 24 now, that, that would be. It would weigh on you. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Well, that's cool because that, that means, like, because there's a lot of people, especially. For whatever reason, I think in punk and hardcore, it's cool to like not like your parents, and yeah. I and I, like they just don't understand. Yeah, and I've just I've never. I mean, I, I went through a similar experience with you know with my parents as well. Like once I told them I was dropping out of school and all like, but I always had like I ca- like I cared about what they thought. Yeah. you know, and it wasn't like this. Just like I like you said, I'm being reckless. And so it's just cool. I I like I like when people have those close connections with their family because it's like. It's fucking important. Like they're going to be there when your band isn't. Like, right. <laughs> but like that, that that will still need to exist far into the future, as yeah. opposed to like this. Oh, I'm going to burn my bridge, and I'm going to fucking tour and play to like 400 people <laughs> a night or whatever. Yeah, it's like you got to be. You have to have a, a overall perspective of it. Otherwise, you're just going to be bummed. Like yeah. you said, you did, like that'll weigh on you, and you're like you didn't want that to be. Everyone in our band has had that like really good. I have relationships even with their families as a result of it. That's really everyone cool. is super supportive and yeah it's really cool that's really cool to have that like yeah because that that is the support system beyond just the other members of the band you know it's like everyone needs to have that back up in some way shape or form um and kind of kind of wrapping things up and uh the what i've noticed about you yourself is like you know you've you've moved to boston like you obviously don't live with the rest of the band right you know the same general area like you've always hearing you saying that you never traveled outside like you know Vacations weren't a part of your family's yeah. life, and now, like you, you know, you just seem like a wanderer, and like not in a bad way. Right. You just like, yo, I want to see shit, or I want to, you know, see friends, or whatever the case may be. Do you think that that's like kind of a direct response to the fact, that, like, yeah, I didn't see much when I was a kid? I, I think so. Um, not because I want to see a million things now. Mm-hmm. It's because over the course of touring and doing everything, I have seen all these things, and then now I want to like revisit them. I don't want to have them be fleeting memories of, oh, like, oh, you guys remember when we went to Disneyland one time? Yeah. Like, hell, I'll just go to Disneyland if I want to. You yeah, know, it's yeah. right there. It's not that far. It's in America. I don't, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this isn't some, like, mythical barrier that I can't get yeah. to. Yeah. It used to be if I couldn't drive there in a day, it was too far for me to go. Right. And now it's like, I mean, and with technology and having a job and, like, doing stuff any, I can do pretty much whenever I want, and then I just do it because yeah. I can, and then thusly think that I should. Sure, like I'm here right now in California just for the hell of it. Right, right. I was I was in San Francisco three weeks ago doing the same thing I'm doing now, and right. in two weeks I'll probably be doing the same thing in somewhere, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Because I just want to hang out. Like, it's it's cool. I think you, you you hit on something really important that I, I don't think a lot of people. Um, realize like from that haven't toured or you know just like you know they see their friends bands come through and it's like touring is a very lonely existence yeah it's it's really cool to obviously see these people that you know you're going to see in these towns and everything but like you said i mean you're able to keep in touch with them but it's like you know they're essentially um they're not as drastically but like you know you sit next to a person in an airplane and it's like say you do strike up a conversation and like they are cool and like whatever but then they leave you and then, like, you know, they kind of fall out of your life. And, like, sometimes that's how people are on tour. And it's like... I definitely have that. Yeah. And, there, you know, so-and-so will text me, hey, you're coming to, uh, I don't know, Florida. I don't have any answers. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're coming to Florida. I'm going to see you in two weeks. I'm like, that's awesome. Let's hang out. And sure. you'd, like, come to the show, and then I get the drive the next day. So I'm right. for four hours. Yeah. And, and at a show where it's, like, Clearly not optimal time. No, to be like, it's not a good. Hey, let's hang out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now I just, if I want to see somebody, I just go. Yeah, you know? and it's rare because right now we're not on tour, so that's why I get to take. Right, you're like, I am <laughs> taking the bull by the proverbial horns. Yeah. And I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's cool. That's that, that's uh yeah. Like I said, I think that's just an important point that people don't re- you know cause like you said that people have a certain or people have a certain perception of tour and it's yeah. like they don't realize that those connections can be lost because everyone people once you go through town people go back to their normal lives like yeah. you you go to your tour life is like a suspended state of animation <laughs> where it's just like it's this world that exists outside of the real world yeah. And so many people just don't understand. They're just like, oh, yeah, dude, they're fucking living it up on tour. And sometimes it's like, yo, it sucks to be on tour. <laughs> like, I fucking hate it because I'm alone or whatever. Yeah, all of my friends are so spaced out. Like, I'll never have, actually, I think at Crazy Fest, at Fest, you know, yeah, like yeah. the rare occasions that all of these bands are playing. Um, all of my friends are never in the same place at the same time. Right. And, and so if I want to, it's hard to sustain those relationships when you see each other for four hours at your work, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so, yeah. that's been one of the best parts of doing, like, just traveling for the hell of it. And right. I haven't seen the guys in Touche since December, and just, you know, picked up where we left off yep. here, and just hang out all the time. And yeah. Everything's awesome. But I, after this, I probably won't see him again for a few months. Right, exactly. And it's good that I can come, and we just pick up where we left off, because I feel like that's, a true friendship like there's I totally agree. I don't have to be like, so you know, what have I been doing for the last eight months and yeah. that we haven't spoken. Totally. To. You you spend you spend like ten minutes filling each other in where it's like, dude, this cool stuff's happened. I have a girlfriend, I have a boyfriend, whatever the case may be. It's <laughs> like you, you spend that ten minutes and then it's just right back to where you were. And it's great. Yeah. That's been the best part of doing like vacation. Right, right, right. <laughs> Is that I'm here under a different circumstance and I actually get to do you know I get to see their right. normal life right you get to, their normal life right right you get to actually spend more than eight hours in a city as opposed to you know like where you're obviously like you said just going through a tour yeah, yeah and yeah. that's how I ended up in Boston too because we'd never been there touring mm-hmm. and last summer I just took a trip we just did that tour with the feeder they're like come hang out yeah okay you're all, all right sure I've never been to Boston proper sure and then you know I moved in a month later that's awesome that's cool <laughs> and Still love it there. Sure, sure. Well, I'm uh, I'm really glad that you obviously took the time to hang out and want Me to too. do this because, uh, yeah, I think it's fun to uh, show people who you are as a, as, a, as an individual. It's not just like, oh yeah, dude, that's that's Adam Bass, crazy art dude and bass player. And Everyone, like, people think of our band that we like. Well, to an extent, it is true. Just read books in like a room and cry. And <laughs> we don't, we're like, don't have fun. We don't do social stuff, and. Right. You know, sometimes I do that. Right. I, I like to think that I have fun and I'm a real human right. the rest of the time. I'm a well-rounded to, individual. Although I, I probably shouldn't have said that. I like that people think that we're like loners. That That's books. true. That actually <laughs> may be, yeah, that, that may lead into like the lot of speed myth where it's just like, yeah, they're, they're crazy shut-ins. <laughs> it's like the whole, the whole next record is about all of them living in individual cabins across the country. <laughs> I, lo- I love people thinking that we're just like, we're, uh, yeah. yeah, like, we don't, we're other people. Right. But I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just, uh, next time I see anyone in there, yeah, listen to that podcast, you kind of sound like you're, you have fun sometimes. No, I just, no. I was like kind of playing the part. I don't, <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm sorry I, just really, to, I really put on a mask. I gotta, I gotta finish this book. I, don't really <laughs> I think that's the most appropriate note to leave it off. <laughs> The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. 
But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand, when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.